Welcome to episode 18 of the Butters Podcast. This is my conversation with Ignacio Pena, or Iggy, as we as we as we know him. Iggy is a senior animator at Witta Digital here in Wellington. And it's been it was a wonderful opportunity to chat with Iggy. Iggy has actually been pretty busy at work since he and his partner Laura uh, made it over from London, had their two weeks in isolation in Rotorua, and then made their way to Wellington. So it's been uh, it was it was an awesome uh, opportunity to finally sit with him and have a chat and. Yeah, it's just a. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I apologize about my voice. I had there were a few days uh, where I got the man flu, the 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 deadly man flu. Those of you listening will know how common and yet deadly this flu can be for men. Uh, I was worried I wouldn't make it to episode eighteen. Uh, that's uh, it was touch and go. Uh, I had to blow my nose a lot, and uh, th- th- there were points in which I felt like uh, my Panadol and my Nurofen weren't really weren't really working. Um, but then I made it through, and and I'm just so grateful to to be here introducing episode 18. And thank you to everyone for their well wishes. I um, yeah, I you you brought me through it. And I'm here, <laughs> and and I join the statistics of another man who has survived the man flu, and it's it's miraculous, really, if you think about it. But so I, yeah, I I guess nothing more to say. We had the conversation at Iggy's place in Brooklyn, beautiful spot, and we were enjoying delicious long whites. And shout out to my mate Doug, who's the senior brand manager for Long White. Uh, he didn't create the drink, but I feel like if the drink was being created and he was on the creative team, that he would have he would have given the majority of the insights into, you know, the name and and the flavor and the style, um, because he's, uh, you know, he's not far off a genius. That's what I hear. That, that's how I hear people describe him. So, and I tell you what, I've had a few conversations with him before I got this microphone. Haven't had an, uh, the last uh, convo. I think we had in Auckland, quite noisy. The one before, Fidel's here in Wellington, also noisy. My fault because I didn't have a proper microphone. So I'm hoping to nab him when he's back in Wellington in a couple of weeks, and finally uh, get his voice on the podcast and an opportunity to share his wisdom. But for now, episode 18 is about Iggy and Iggy's wisdom and Iggy's insights. And I felt that this was a very insightful conversation. Iggy's a very considered and thoughtful person, in my opinion, and and quite soft-spoken at times as well. So it it was nice to actually sit in a peaceful, quiet spot in his sunroom at his place in Brooklyn and just to have a very peaceful summer's day conversation with a mate, uh, drinking a few long whites. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening.
Thank you. <laughs> talking about wind, this is real exciting. <laughs> um, I'm going to squeeze in just a little yeah, bit closer. Yeah. Um, this has wheels, so I can move. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, you're good, you're good. <sighs> what shall we talk about? Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks for uh, having me. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, I don't think I'm that interesting, but... That's what everyone says, though. Yeah, yeah. And yet I get all these comments from people saying, that was such a great conversation, that person's so interesting. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, why, why, why would you consider yourself not... Why would you consider yourself to, to not be an interesting person? That's I, something I never really ask people. Okay. Uh, Is it a humility thing? Is it just that people don't think they've got much going on in their lives and then they realize that actually they do and, you know, they've got awesome, insightful things to say? Uh, so I think I just care. So because I do think about like interesting people, not like I think about interesting people specifically, but more like as a whole, like, you know, I, I think I'm a bit like you and I like to listen to people. Um, because I, I feel like you always seem quite attentive whenever anyone's speaking. Um, and it's like this, I just sort of carry this even from when I was growing up in LA and everything where um, I was, I had this friend that, a uh, coworker, who was speaking a friend, who I just, I just loved like hanging around him because he brought such good energy and like oh, yeah, good vibes yeah. and stuff. And I was like in my head, thought of him as like quite a magnanimous person and stuff. And like, you just knew that, like, every, like you could just see it whenever he was around anyone, like everyone liked being around that, that person and enjoyed being around them and uh you know like i've changed a lot in the last you know since that time like you know i think a lot of people do they kind of get a more better sense of themselves right uh, yeah yeah, totally. um, yeah and become a bit more i guess articulate about what it is that they're about in a way that maybe yeah. in your early 20s you just don't you're still figuring it out yeah a, a lot of the time and yeah yeah and like there, obviously there's people and probably more extroverts who even if they're not, say, fully formed in what their perspectives are, because everyone's always changing in your early 20s, like, they're at least very open and vocal about what they're feeling. Right. And that energy comes with it, and so, you know, I think that's that sort of, uh, I think that's the sort of thing where I felt like I just didn't have a lot of. Okay. And, you know, I think, it's funny, this happened to me, like, maybe in my early 30s, and I've noticed it with a few of my other friends as well who, like, as soon as they, like, there's the fear of turning 30. Right. Right? Like, you, you, you get to 20, like, I thought, I love being 29 for some reason. I think there's a, there's a, there's a song with the national, uh, sings, you know, like, you know, like, it's a love song, but it's like, uh, for some reason, the love is a line where he says something like, I waited 29 years before, uh, before I saw you, whatever. It's, it's, oh. he's singing to someone and, like, it's used in, like, weddings and stuff, but people really dig it because it's a good song. But, like, it's like 29, like a lot of things happened when I was 29. And I thought, oh, 29's a very momentous year. Um, but I didn't dread being 30, but I know like, especially like, I know a few of my female friends were like, oh God, 30, it's over. Um, <laughs> and, and it's funny, cause it's like, as soon as like you hit like 31, 32, cause it, like, to me, like, like yeah, I was like 29, but then like 31, it's like, it was awesome. Yeah. Cause you're just like doing things and, and maybe you're not doing things, but like, I feel like around your thirties, you just kind of, it's like a whole new stage of life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where I sort of started being a bit more, like I was, I've always kind of done things that I felt like felt right in life, but I feel like on a internal human emotional level, I've just been a bit more assertive, I think. So, and, and what, like, what made you become more assertive? Do you think, Is it, was it just an age thing? I think so. Yeah. I think I've just sort of been a bit more, 
Like, I think I've never been very confident in my own perspective on things. Partly because I don't think I really give it enough attention and time. Like, I used to be all about... Um, well, and I still am. I'm, I'm, like, I've, I'd be very self-described nerdy, you know? I love video games, I love movies and anime and books and... and so for me, it's like, that, in my head, that didn't intersect with anything that was real life, you know? Like, oh, okay. you had politics going on in, in, in this side over here, and you had, you know, because having, you know, I've been born in California, uh, so, you know, I'm a Mexican-American, so uh, there was, um, you know, those groups who, you know, young activists who were like, you know, need to fight for, you know, our people's rights and, yeah. and, and our place in sort of society. And because I was only ever really ingrained in video games, I thought, well, I'm not about that. So, right. um, you know, there's so many things... Well, wait, I, did, so did you... Uh, do you mean you, you didn't consider yourself to be about that is in that it didn't interest you, or you didn't feel like you were able to consider yourself being associated with it because you were doing something very different? Yeah, I think both, actually. So, like, um, there, so there was... When I went to undergrad, and, you know, there was, you know, the first year when you're freshman, you're trying to, like, find groups to, like, sort of, you know, do extracurricular stuff. And, oh, like, yeah. there was the Chicano group in... Um, in in school who like you know there's like you know a lot of like-minded sort of you know you know latinx sort of you know youth sort of get together and learning about you know the culture and their history in los angeles and i you know i made friends with someone and they were like you should join this group and they were very sort of intense and active and i was like and i was actually a bit put off by it at the time because i thought well i don't want to be defined by this either because it was just you know how i was born and stuff um i was like if anything, I'm, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm a gamer, you know, like, I'll choose to be that. And right. so then I, it was, it was, now if I look at it at the time, it's quite, well, I was, I was young, but like, if I look at that now, I think, well, I could say it was irresponsible of me to not sort of embrace that history, but I also didn't know enough about it. And I wasn't affected about it in the same way that others at that age in, in LA were. Like, I was just really lucky that I didn't have to, I didn't have, uh, close family who were in gangs, for instance, and I wasn't uh, right. confronted with all that in the same way that, you know, others in Los Angeles were. I just didn't, I was just really lucky that I didn't have right. to deal with that. So, um, so I just didn't think about that very much. And so it, it's, it's actually not been until now when I'm looking at what's happening in the world with politics and uh, both political and gender politics and race politics and, you know, globalization and sort of nationalism and everything that's sort of just crashing all at once and everyone's really getting upset about all that stuff for various reasons um, that I've kind of gone, well, hang on, I'm part of this world as well and I have my own opinions about things that are happening. And it's kind of defined how I see that stuff and how I react to it or not react to it and, you know, how loudly or quietly I sort of respond in the right situations and, you know, everyone's yelling online, for instance, and I don't want to put any part of that, for instance, <laughs> but, you know, that's also where it's all happening, so it's, you know, yeah. I, I, I still feel like I still need to be very careful about that because, you know, again, I've been quite fortunate in my life, you know, that I've been, I've, I've had this path uh, laid out, not, not laid out for me, but more like I had a series of choices and I made certain choices and ultimately, it's led me here, and I'm very, very grateful for it. And I know very like, that I have many people that I know along, along along the way who've not had that opportunity. Right. And they are in different parts of the world, faced with some of the bigger things more immediately, and you know, they have to deal with that. And, and all I can do is 
think, you know, I, I very firmly believe in voting, you know, I firmly believe in taxing, you know, like, you know, like paying your taxes, because how else can you contribute to society if it's, you know, like, if you, if you don't contribute in certain ways that are available to you immediately at the time, you don't, I, you know, you don't really get to say, you know, I mean, you can say because we're all part of, you know, sort of the global community. Yeah. But we're also part of local communities as well. And so it's just more like, I feel more uh, invested in learning about what's happening. Um, and I feel like I've still got a very, very long road to try and figure out what my part is and all of that and, and, and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, because there's, you know, there's a lot of anger everywhere right now. And there is, and you actually um, you actually raise a really good point. I thought that so much of the conversation um, around you know politics and political matters do take place online, mm -hmm. but there's so much um, you know bias and bigotry and, and racism and, and just the worst in human nature kind of comes out, and so a lot of people it's a it's a real deterrent for people to want to engage there, even though they may have something really valuable or important or something important for them to want to say. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people that um, that won't get involved in those conversations. And I think that's a really good point because I'm the same. I, I just would not want to jump on to a conversation thread where people are clearly uh, ignorant to the, to, to the facts or they haven't done their research or they just don't care. They just want to have an argument. They just want to yell um, and they want to, um, um, you know, have confrontations and all that kind of stuff. So... What, so how do you then get involved? Like, how, how do you kind of assert yourself for the things that are important to you if you're not doing it online, considering, mm -hmm. you know, predominantly most things kind of take place online? Yeah, I mean, well, the, the sort of, and I've been realizing this actually quite frequently, is that unfortunately, actually, so I, I do the, the, I vote, for instance, right? I voted in the New Zealand elections, which just happened recently, and I voted... Um, absentee for the American elections because oh, yeah, you know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm permanent resident here in New Zealand and also you know still you know vote for what's going on in the states but aside from that you know like you know if, if with um, sort of more so you know bigger social you know um, civil liberties discussions like you know like the black matters lives movement you know like if you have income and you can support a cause that you believe in you do that um, and so you know that was a, a thing I, I also did but but apart from that, like, I don't actually express myself online anymore. Um, because, like, I'm actually, I talk about it with my partner, Laura, you know, mm -hmm. and we, we talk about it a lot. And, you know, we mostly align with our views, pretty much. And, you know, if we sort of have slight differences in opinions, then we talk about it. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's like, you know, I talk about it here. But, but like, I don't actually really... Like I don't vent, for instance. I feel like a lot of those online discussions, for instance, that you see, it's like, it's it's you know, it's people expressing themselves because they're feeling things in the same way that we've always kind of found different ways to express ourselves. Be it, you know, in school, at work, you know, poetry, you know, like just going to a bar and like you know, talking with your mates and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I've not really, I haven't really done that so much you know and, and like i for instance could potentially do it in, in writing but um i'm knee-deep in a sort of very long project and i can look at during revisions try and, and put that in there but like in terms of contributing to like real time sort of with other people my opinions about things i'm someone who just doesn't really 
um, I, I, maybe if it comes up in a conversation like with you, for instance, or you know, with Jasmine, when you guys are over and like we, we talk about what's going on, that's when we talk about it. Right. But I don't actually feel the need anymore to like if I see someone, one of my friends, like I've seen many posts from friends on Facebook, for instance, over the years where I'm like, I see someone say something and it's inflammatory. And I see other friends like pile in and it's yeah. just like, and I see the train wreck and I'm like, <laughs> and I start typing something and I go, do you know what? I, actually, this reminds me of, uh, and I don't do it. I don't, I don't have song, but it reminds me, it just reminded me of like this moment in like, uh, the American TV show, the American version of The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was uh, this this moment where, uh, 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 Steve Carell's character, Michael, and like, he always picks up the phone when Pam says, oh, you've got someone on line one. And he starts... And he says something really stupid or shitty or whatever. And then she's like, all right. And then she's still on the line. She hasn't transferred over. It's like, all right, I'm going to put him through now. So he gets it, he gets it out of his way. Then he actually gets to be professional. And it's that sort of thing where <laughs> I'm really like, good. yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, it's the same for me. I'm just like, I feel like I've got things to say, but I'm not like, you know, like Laura, she, she's, I, I was telling her this yesterday. I think she's very, very, um, uh, I think her opinions are very, uh, informed. She's been a very sort of, you know, informed person, and I feel mm. like I just need a little more time to like sift through what I feel mm. about certain things. And then I mean, they're generally like not very surprising opinions, but it's just more like I'm not very good at like that sort of lightning lit like response. To you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like Laura always has the the perfect word at the perfect time. You know, she's very articulate. Um, yeah, that's. That's a, yeah, very interesting point. Um, I, I feel like I wonder whether or not people are concerned if they don't speak out in some way, if they f if they would consider themselves to not be doing their part. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't I don't agree with that. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves if yeah. they do sit, observe, listen, try and understand research, and maybe they never you know um say something in return to contribute but maybe but but that's not necessarily a bad thing i don't think if more people were if people listened more than they spoke and listened and tried to learn and understand we would have people making more informed decisions or people acting mm -hmm. um in in um the, i think there would just be more action in general less talk more action I so know. i feel like the having the ability to listen and really listen and, and just take it in and not have to say something in return or have the last word or anything, I think is a really good quality. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I think it's human nature to want to sort of participate, right? Like that's, that's human nature, you know, like you're, it's, it's, you know, for better or for worse sort of, you know, the online discourse and everything that's, that's where, you know, communication and, and connection happens, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and it's and part so, of our culture like it's 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 yeah. who we are now exactly whether or not we like it we're people that are online all the time but it's just the spaces have changed right but we've always been that we've always been you know like town halls and all that and the pub and the pubs and and you know yeah, true, like, true. City halls yeah. and, and parent teacher association meetings like there's always been spaces for people to participate and it like it's just moved to online sure and, and i don't think people sort of like take donald trump i hate him he's an asshole um and he has changed the space with how people communicate each other. For better or for worse, no one seems to really acknowledge it. But I remember when he was uh, elected and, he, and he, he got in and everyone was like, oh, it's a joke, he's not going to make it. And, and you know, like, here we are at the end of his, of his first term. Mm. Um, the way he used Twitter was 
a way, like, I remember everyone making fun of it, like, like, look at this, all cap sort of, like, nonsense, or he's just, like, you know, someone takes fun away and stuff. But he was the start of how everyone else uses, like, every, because that's the only way he communicates, people have started pushing back, like, policies have been sort of, and, like, you know, diplomacy has happened on Twitter. And, and everyone, like, he, Donald Trump brought everyone else down to his level. Right. And that's how people have responded. And you see it on a day-to-day -day now. Like, everyone... You have politicians on the Twitter accounts. You have, like, writers on the Twitter accounts. Like, the, like and, and writers get loads... Like, you know, there's a, a writer called Roxane Gay. And she gets so much vitriol and hate online. And, and you just see her having to defend herself back. You know, cause, like, everyone's so vicious online. But the thing is, it's like, I feel like all that started a little after Donald Trump was elected. And he kept kept pushing that way and and very slowly over the last four years you've just seen everyone lower down themselves to that to that level and that's where the discourse is now and and he's affected how we talk to each other to that level and it's it's interesting it's terrible and i and 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 i think this is where it's like i'm, I'm holding my breath for next week you know the election results are going to come in and it's just like i don't i don't know what happens if it's another four years of this and i think you know Biden, Biden has got some problems, you know, like, but, you know, he's not, he's not left enough for some people, he's, you know, he's, he's behaved himself, he's got sort of that, sort of, like, how he's sort of, uh, you know, handled, sort of, you know, his meeting with some women and stuff, and, like, he's been criticized for, criticized for that, and rightly so, but, overall, it's like, I think, you need some sort of leveling out of, of how everything gets approached now so i uh, you know but that's you know because the, our, our our space is now online and we all interact with each other as an extension of like our human experience is extended into that realm mm. everyone is talking like trump you know like there's really no really there's no point. discussion you know because i imagine if someone wanted to go on there and actually put some you know present some uh, uh, uh a response in a really kind of respectful objective way it would, wouldn't get any attention. No. And so if you're wanting to get attention for the sake of getting your message across, you'd be willing to kind of compromise and, and, and it's tit for tat and you're communicating in the same way yeah. because it's understood and it will get a response and that's kind of what you're after. But as a result, you've kind of lowered yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. I mean, but politicians and, and, and celebrities and, and everyone was on Twitter well before. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. But, but you think... Trump had a significant kind of. He's turned up the volume, you know, and 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 like you know, there's there's you know, I had a Twitter account, not for I mean I still have it, but I don't, I've not engaged with it in a couple of years now, and like, yeah. um, I had to create one for a blog I was writing, so you know, because I, I went to Scotland for a year to do a master's and um, um what well, was I, it a master's in again? It was, was uh, it was a postgrad in creative writing. Creative writing. Um, right, I, I say yeah. it's a master's because it's a master. It's a master's of science because that's all that they have for master's levels in that in the University of Edinburgh. Uh -huh. But um, it was basically in, in creative writing. So um, as part of that, very separately, I sort of um, I wrote for this um, online blog for people going to do sort of um, postgrad creative writing oh, okay. studies, and so I was basically writing sort of a blog entry once every month or so. Um, and so it's part of promotion. It's like they said, we'd like you to have a Twitter account. So that's when I uh, created my Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura's had her Twitter for years. Um, but in that time, it's, you know, um, James Gunn, who's the director for um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And, oh, yeah. uh, he got fired from doing the next Guardians, Guardians 3, because uh, someone on the far right dug up um, what James Gunn 
he had like he had these really like sort of really disgusting sort of quote unquote humor up in and there was some stuff there where it was like I think there were some jokes that he that you know, like underage jokes and stuff or whatever and it was just like it was all really gross but he didn't it, it was like he was a, a horror director or something so before all the Guardian stuff and so he was always about his material was always shocking anyway mm -hmm. and you know he this far right guy dug up the tweets and it's like well look look at this guy and basically Disney bowed under pressure and fired him um, from directing the next Guardians and James Gunn said listen I apologize for that offended anyone it wasn't meant as a I don't believe this stuff it's just a you know but it sort of made everyone sort of kind of go oh shit like your online footprint you know it, it just sort of raised up you know like things like all the stuff still exists you know mm. um, so I don't like participating and it's it's a, it's a difficult thing where it's like you know you know I'm writing you know I'm not in any way shape or form Pre like a presence online and I'm even less so now um, but like Laura's also been like I'm like um, like we've just looked at it like we stopped using Twitter um, and we've so she's not using Twitter anymore uh, she has her account but uh, like she doesn't use it either. Oh, right, I think she's yeah, locked yeah. her tweets and stuff and it's like I, I, I know a couple of people have just been like do you know what like I don't know are these sort of like flash of the moment things like worth you know, some of the, some of the stuff that comes back at you, it's just like, we saw yeah. that with the James Gunn stuff. And I, I, you know, like I have my own opinions about him as a filmmaker anyway, but like that just is quite an unfair sort of reaction, you know? Um, and so it's like, uh, I don't know, like there's just so much, uh, I think there's just so much we're st still figuring out now that we're sort of existing in a separate space while still coexisting in the real world, you know? Um, and you know, we watched, um, on Netflix, this recent documentary that's come out, The Social Dilemma. Uh, uh, I don't yeah, know if you've yeah. seen it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone um, seems to be talking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just saw it last week and it was like my, you know, the initial reaction is delete everything. Right. Um, and you can do that though. The danger is, is that of course it leaves the space for everyone who is, you know, still behaving in certain ways. It's just run rampant in these spaces. Right. Um, and but I think it's just more like reframing how we use devices and how we use social media accounts um, and just trying to find a, a, a right balance. Like, yeah, yeah, I think it's right. too late for us. Anyone who's using it right now, it's too late for us. We, we either are going to be all in or not. Um, but, you know, we're all going to have children, right? Like, we're all going to sort of raise generations and we need to understand what usages, uh, what the consequences of certain usages are. So, like, you know, if you have a kid and you're raising a kid, you know, at least what that document does is it prepares parents for the idea of like, all right, how do I allow my kids to use devices? Because they're going to have to, that's the world. You can't, you can't rewind it, you know, cause that's, that's already going to keep happening and keep evolving. Um, and it's just more, it, it's, it's more trying to find ways to, uh, I guess be responsible enough. You know, it's understanding that the world is evolving, that humans are evolving, that are, are the way we use, technologies that we've created mm. and the spaces that we've created how to um, coexist with it because we can't not coexist with it you know and um, businesses depend on it you know that's marketing now right? yeah 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 you know? uh, it's integrated into every part of our life I feel like though that there's a, I, I thought it was a great documentary and I I think with the people I've spoken to since then or the conversations that's come up the majority of people are haven't been about oh I'm off. Mm -hmm. They have just been like peering back. It's yeah. like yeah I turned off all my notifications like they suggested in the credits. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I, you know, I actually have decided not to look at it in the morning. So then, you know, I have breakfast, do some yoga, go to work, and then maybe I'll check it from midday on unless I have something urgent. Mm. People are learning about the fact that you can um, turn off notifications in, in general, but keep on notifications for certain people, maybe a family member or your partner or your yeah, kids, yeah. so that you, those can come through, in which case you're not distracted. People are talking about just like leaving the notifications on, but but learning to not react and mm -hmm. just to leave it. Yeah, um, it, It's actually been quite good, but I feel like in life, it, it, it's it's typical of life to me. Oh, that's just a screw to <laughs> Um, I think it's typical of life that anything new and exciting, there's always going to be a glut and there's going to be this massive kind of, um, period where we're just, we're, we're all about it. Mm -hmm. And then we learn the boundaries and then yeah. we say, you know what, okay, we need to, we need to actually now take a look at it and pull it back a bit. Cause we've gone a bit too far with, mm -hmm. we've got a bit lazy with it. And so I think it's quite cool because mm -hmm. one of the key things they were, t they reiterated was the power of the technologies and seem to indicate that if you can harness the power but not have to deal with any of the um negative aspects then you, then you've actually got something pretty uh phenomenal yeah. um at, at your disposal um and so i feel like from the conversations most people seem to have got that mm -hmm. uh, notion that it's like this is a powerful thing i just need to now figure out how to not have to worry about the negative side and just keep the awesome side yeah. um yeah but great documentary there, yeah I yeah i for me like i learned something i learned uh about what it was it was the thing the guy the guy from uh facebook was it, it was like or was, but persuasive technologies right or, or like or is it behavioral or something it's like it's it's not it's not that they're like technology wizards it's they're almost like behavioral wizards like the whole like training people mm. on how to like swipe down for refresh and and like it's literally yeah like retraining the brain i thought it was fascinating because it's like it is a really interesting sort of discipline what they're trying to sort of hone in on you know it's also very scary and dangerous mm. because you know as human beings i think it's it's pretty safe to say that everyone feels like they are the you know to some extent the masters of their own destiny do you know like yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not yeah we're, we're not we're 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 a species of collective humans and we've learned from each other and like you know we we grow up and surrounded by our parents and what they've taught us and we re we frame our entire existence and being in that lens yeah and we compare ourselves to that all the time right so it's really interesting that like that's sort of how that's going to define our behaviors as yeah. well you know yeah. Um, yeah. it's and if it's in uh, with any that that's exactly right and if it's in with any um you know, talking talking about uh, kids growing up mm. as as criminals. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and but they talk about the fact that it's like, well, how it, a lot of people who have never had any kind of criminal background or anything um, look at someone who's doing something wrong mm. as a person who is completely aware of what's right and wrong, and mm. they're making a conscious decision yeah. to do something bad. But it's not at all. The, they, the only lens they have, the only thing they've grown up with is bad. Hmm. Bad is normal. Bad is what we do. Bad is how we survive. Yeah. Or a um, trauma or a series of traumas, right? You know, they might start okay and then things increase. Yeah, and, well, and that's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not a person who's completely kind of conscious and sane saying, I'm actively going out deliberately to right. do something bad. Um, yeah, I think this whole idea, like notion of sort of, you know, 
good and evil is very uh, an immature sort of way of looking at, at, at things. There oh, are okay. good and evil acts, for sure. You know, you can reduce it to that. But, you know, uh, trying to find reasons for why things happen, I think it's really important. Because uh, otherwise you can't try prevent it on a, on a wider level. Yeah. You know? And the, the, you know, the saying that never judge a person until you've walked a, you know, mm -hmm walked in their shoes or what have you is, is so true yeah. unless you actually know on a day-to-day -day basis what a person has to go through in all the aspects mm -hmm. um, all, all of the things that influence their mind and their thoughts and their day and their actions you you can never really f ever be in a position to be able to kind of you know pass any judgment on a person yeah. I think yeah. um, but it happens all the time oh yeah I mean well this is it again it, it's it's human nature, right? It's it all comes back to that, right? Like it's how we how we try and make sense of everything, you know. And if if most people like if something's happened, something bad has happened, they want to know why, mm. and they want to then, I guess, move on or or make it right or correct it somehow, even if it's uncorrectable. For instance, you know. Um, Do you think that's because we need to categorize things like a? you know, survival thing. It's like, we need to categorize everything to say, why did that happen? Okay, cool. Now I know yeah. this is that I can, you know, it, yeah. it's now categorized in my brain and, and I can now oh, sure. yeah. cope with it or survive or. That's why, I mean, that's exactly why we have religion and, and political system, political systems and, and, you know, just sort of all these different sort of frameworks for us to try and be able to sort of make sense of our day to days, you know, mm. um, and how much or how little we engage in all those different different sort of frameworks defines more specifically the kind of people we are, right? Right. But but yeah, I think I think that is just a very human thing to want to do, to need to do, you know, sort of that sort of we are aware of ourselves and others to various degrees, I guess. But yeah. you know that and I mean it almost kind of cycles back to what you were saying at the beginning, you know, defining defining who you are as a person and mm -hmm. kind of making those definitions and deciding what you do want to associate with and what you don't and how you describe yourself. I guess we're always doing it. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you think it's, do you think it can be equally a good thing or, or do you think it's, um, do we have to categorize everything? Do we have to know the reason? Do we have to have kind of a, a perspective mm -hmm. and an opinion on everything? Or do you think we can, I mean, something could be done that might be quite a bad, quite a grotesque thing, mm -hmm. and we can just accept that it happened yeah. and that it's a part of life and not take it any further than that. I think we, I think as human beings, we have to. I think that's just the nature of, of how we are. Okay. Um, you know, if we didn't, if we, if we only saw, you know, everything happen around us and we, we kind of just accepted it and continued to sort of, I'll say, graze a longer day, you know, you know, I think that's kind of what, what makes us more distinct as human beings than, than any regular mammal, you know, um, you know, we have a, we have a sort of a consciousness, you know, you know, some people call it soul, you know, and, you know, we learned sort of consequences affect others and consequences yeah. affect ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think we just, we're intelligent beings. And so because of that, I think we just sort of, yeah, I think we all, we just, we just, I don't think we can help it. I think as human beings, yeah, we need to sort of figure, have spaces for all these things for us to be able to 
I guess, live. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, like, like you can be pretty chill about it, about a thing. Do you know? Like, I think I'm, like, you know, I think, I think I was just talking excitedly about some stuff. But overall, like, I feel pretty relaxed as a human being. You know, like, I'm, you know, I... All, all the stuff that's happened this last year, for instance, right? This, there's some pretty, you know, there's some stuff that really gets me pissed off, you know? But overall, like, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily look for someone to blame or try to pick fights with anyone or try and, you know, like, I just, you know, I feel like human beings generally still keep doing the same things both the good stuff the bad stuff they kind of, like there there's patterns you know mm, people keep mm. kind of doing the same stuff and yeah you know mm. and obviously everyone has a right to react strongly against it and i think it's a good thing because you get then you get sort of movements and revolutions and and, and other things that, that that need to respond to it because i think sort of social apathy is also a danger as well you okay. know because then yeah. then things don't get better for people who need things need to get better for you know um, but I, as an individual as well, I just kind of feel like uh, I can't get too worked up at all about it all because it's gonna it all have happened anyway, you know. So I can I can be calm about it as calm as I can be, and then still just kind of figure okay, well now what do I do, you know? Um, okay, so let's put that in the context of what you were saying before with Trump. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, and, and I wanted to ask you this when you are talking about it before, I have been watching, I love stand-up comedy, I've been watching a lot of stand-up comedy uh, again on um, Netflix, mm -hmm. and I was reminded of the fact that so many comedians did their special, or had a special, um, right before the announcement of, you know, right before the last presidential campaign, and everyone was talking about Donald Trump as just a, like, it's it's funny. He's weird. He's stupid. Yeah. He's racist. Yada yada yada. But everyone, no one figured he would get in. Mm -hmm. So, and then he did. Yep. And then every, now, and, and then everyone's kind of like freaking out and thinking, oh, you know. You can do one. Then they thought, you know what, he's going to do. Um, he's going to do a bad job. He's going to be impeached sure, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And sure enough, or not sure enough, four years later, mm -hmm. um, he's still very much the president. Yes. Yeah. And he is in, you know. He's in the running for uh, a second term. Mm. How? What do you think it's going to be like if he gets in? Uh, do you know? Do you know? What's he, okay, he could get in. Oh well, this is it. And so, so when he when he got elected, actually, you know, because because I had just come back from Scotland, actually, um, when the election happened, and I was back at work, and a lot of my coworkers were like, uh, first it was like, oh, he's not really going to make it. And it's like, eh. and I was like, eh. you know, I was really disappointed. And there were some people at work who were crying when it happened because oh, we because really? you know yeah. the results happened during our daytime. Right. Yeah. So it was very it was a very emotional day actually. And um, we had the most unproductive day of the year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is actually why I'm working from home next week oh, okay. for that for, for that because oh, I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm not gonna get anything done during the day. But anyways, um, yeah. And so then you know there was all the stuff like there was I think there was a couple of things that came up in the subsequent months where it was like. Oh well, surely he's going to get kicked out for this behavior or that behavior. Or this has come out to light, and so that's like. And I was like, no, I think he's going to make it to the end of this term. And I was like, no, but surely, like, it's like, no, no, no. I, I think he's going to make it. And here we are, four years later, and he's still there. And yeah, I think he's. I think there's a good chance still that he might make it. You yeah. know, 
I really want I really want Biden to win. I, I voted for Biden and and Kamala Harris. Um, I think it's important, especially for Biden and Kamala Harris to to win. Mm. You know, even if he doesn't, even if Trump doesn't make it, you know, let's say he doesn't make it, good things happen, right? You know, things don't get better because the the problem the problem isn't Trump. Donald Trump uh, enabled a, a sort of a cancer in America that's that's always been there, um, and you see it. Uh, in a lot of European elections in the last four years as well, where there's just, the, you know, the rising sort of wave of nationalism, you know. Um, you know, there's been a lot of sort of reactions to sort of, you know, like globalization sort of has grown in the last 20 years. Um, and, you know, you're seeing the effects of that now with, mm. with local economies, you know, like all the different sort of interconnected um, exports and imports and what that does to sort of local jobs and, you know, People have lost jobs and, and they're angry, rightfully so. Mm. And then you also have uh, nationalistic and racist um, factions within all the different countries. And I think in America, uh, you know, I I am very conflicted about, about America because I think it's a beautiful country and there are really good people there. And there's a lot of bad in that country as well. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of um, discrimination. There's There's a lot of xenophobia um and it's it's you know it's it's in pockets you know but it is throughout the country right and unfortunately america is, as well as like you know i am i'm left you know i you know where i i don't know that i can define myself as to where along the spectrum I'm, i am left i think you know laura and i were talking about this a few nights ago it's like i think it's important for biden to like biden's a very centrist sort of candidate yeah and you know and I've got some friends who are very left, for instance. And, and I just think that, like, there's just... I think the world needs something that's a little more balanced, you know? Um, but, uh, um, you know, you, ju you just... There's... Conservatism, like, the, the conservative, you know, party, yeah. politics, yeah. you know, ideologies, you know, in America, they're intertwined with religion. And that's a dangerous thing. Because, uh, you know, at the heart of it, you've got, you know, and so we're going to religion because, you know, I know if you're podcasting, you know, that seems to keep it happening. It does, yeah, it yeah, does. I mean, you made yeah, a comment yeah. to it. But, but the thing is, is that if we're talking about America, you can't talk about America without talking about religion. Of course, yeah. And you can't talk about America without talking about racism. And um, you can't have a conservative party in America without being religious. And yeah. even even Democrat, can, Democrat candidates, you, you know, you've got... I think you you can't go back in history the last few decades without a president having to say God bless America, and that is fundamentally wrong. You know, you you've got. Uh, why, why would you say it's fundamentally wrong? Because oh, it completely it, it alienates citizens of its own country. You know, what about uh, its Hindu citizens? What about its uh, you know like wh when you say God bless America, they mean Christian God bless America. They don't mean like you know they don't they don't say Allah. They don't mean a lot, you know. They don't mean Muslims. You, this this doesn't really apply to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're saying God bless America, but really we mean Christian, evangelical, Catholic, right. Catholic. You know. Right. Anyone who's a Christian, you know, of any of any denomination, can hear President go God bless America and feel comforted. You know, this is God's country. Mm. Um, Interesting. But, very yeah. Very good insight. Yeah. But but in like say Scotland for instance, right? When I was studying over there, the leader of the Conservative Party uh, is Ruth. Uh, what's her name? Ruth Davis? Ruth something. I was about to say Ruth Wilson, but she's an actress. Um, uh, she is the leader of the Conservative Party, uh, is, is a lesbian. 
you could never have that in America. You could never have, well, I'm mean, maybe wrong now, but I feel like you could never have the leader of the Republican Party be in a homosexual relationship. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have the voter base, you know? It's too intertwined in America. Like, right. so, um, conservative ideals in America, they don't just mean fiscally conservative. They mean, like, what is the traditional nuclear family yeah. that, that, you know, you can look up back in the 1950s and it's this idealistic time in America where everything was fine for, like, a certain, not even, like, people, but, like, a certain type of person. Do you know? Because, you know, it, it was just... It doesn't take into account all of its citizens. Mm. So that's kind of where I feel like even but, if Trump doesn't win, there are really hard discussions that the country as a whole needs to sort of have. And I don't think because of just the rhetoric that we see online and, and how we talk to each other in, the, in that space, we're just not seeing each other as human beings in that country. Wouldn't, to play devil's advocate... Wasn't Trump the person who was mindful of the forgotten citizens? Wasn't that part of his appeal? In what respect? In that he... Oh, well, okay, no, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about, say, for instance, you know, sort of middle America, people who lost their jobs. He was appealing to them. He was the opposite of the director you were talking about. Yeah. Someone, something would come out, I apologize, they do all that. He, he wouldn't care about that. He wouldn't uh -huh. give a fuck. He, uh -huh. he, he would almost be proud and braggadocious about it. He, he, and he would... He, he would make a point mm -hmm. of not apologizing because he doesn't have to. And he got into power. He, yeah. he, he progressed in power versus this director you're talking about who actually lost out. So he used people, basically. He told them what they wanted to hear because, rightly so, a lot of, you know, they're hurting because they lost, you know, their economy is tanked right. in, in various states. And he exploited that, you oh, okay. know? He didn't follow that. through. Is that what you mean? He yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the the thing is, is like Trump. Trump's not really out for anyone but himself. He's a he's an egomaniac, right? And and he's he's, you know, he's now reacting to the shit that's piling on him, right? But like, if he really cared, like like if he just really took took a moment and really cared about his voter base, right? Yeah. You know, he'd be honest with them and say, "Do you know what? Yeah, okay, we're going to." try and protect your jobs, you know, say, you know, the coal mining industry, for instance, right? we're going to try and protect your jobs. But the truth of the matter is, your jobs are hurting our planet, are hurting our resources, are hurting the, the future for your families. Within the next 50 years, the world's going to be terrible because your industry is overall harming us collectively. If he committed to say, do you know what, the future, the economic future, and, and your, your, your livelihoods will be more secure if we were to, right now, invest in, in greener energy, greener technologies, in ways, different ways to be able to sort of sustain just the country. Forget, forget the world for a sense, because America is very introspective. Just the country. Mm. Um, and be a world leader in, sort of, in, in ways to, to sustain America with our dwindling resources. That would, you know... Then, then he'd be looking out for them, do you know? Right, okay. But, but, it, but I think too many people who vote conservative in America, um, they're very, again, like, like human beings, very reactionary. You know, they're losing their jobs. They're, they're, they're not sure what's going to happen, especially now post-COVID. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or it's within yes. COVID. We're not even post-COVID in America. Yeah, true. You know, it's like, what does the future look like next year? You know, what, like... He, 
he's not even addressing that, you know? And, and so, okay, he got those voters four years ago because he said, you know, globalization has ravaged these local economies. I'm going to fight for you. What's his plan, you know? Increase more of that, 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 those, bring those jobs back into America. Sounds pretty good, right? But again, it's, it's, it's not, he, he can't just close yourself off and pretend that America isn't a part of the world and a right. part of, you yeah. know, like globalization's happening, you know? It's happened and it's going to, like, the, the, you, can't, you can't reject globalization and also say, still have the internet and still be connected to people because we're aware of each other now. Yeah, exactly. More hyper aware than we've ever been, you know? So this ideal of, like, say, the 1950s America, for instance, right? Like, even, even if they could recreate sort of economically what's happened, you can't actually have that anymore because we're so connected on an information level. You know, it just, you know, you yeah. can't do it. Yeah, the idea of American-made, understandable. But also, we, we see all the products in all the countries yeah. around the entire world and we make our decisions on what's important to us and how much money we have and how quickly we want it and um, how different we want to be. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's a really good point. That's, um, yeah. Would would um, would you ever be able to go back to that nineteen fifties idea? Probably not. Yeah. And again, like that wasn't great for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, sort of the happy homemaker sort of mm -hmm. ideal. It's like that's pretty uh, that's pretty sexist. You know, like that that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, like it. I don't know. It's just it, we're just living in a different world. You know, and and I think just think ah uh, yeah. I don't. There's, there's so much so much that needs to actually sort of um, be addressed in America. You know, even if Trump doesn't make it, but uh, you know, but what I mean, what if he does make it? No, we we just keep going the way we're going. You know, continuous slow decline of of sort of. I mean, like the the thing is, is that uh, after this year with a lot of you know, there's been so much you know racism uh, in America anyway, in different parts of America that you just, I just think that I don't know, like you know, do you, do you, do you think there could be positives to his approach? In times of plenty, maybe not, but in, in, in times of poverty, maybe that we're coming into, mm -hmm. do you think his, his approach to things could actually be quite useful for a post-COVID America and, you know, mm -hmm. someone who, who I, I don't know, will kind of force things to happen for the sake of America, which could actually end up the, the, saving it in some way the problem is he doesn't have an approach you know his approach is to ignore everything continue as if everything was was okay and and that's not an approach you know like, his approach is all caps <laughs> his approach is all caps yelling in all caps yelling in all caps and also not not being uh he's he's allowing racism to to exist anyway you know that i, I didn't I read the transcripts of the debates. I didn't watch them because I knew they just really, really angered me. But you know, what's that? You read the transcripts. The transcripts oh, yeah, of the yeah, debates, cool. you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like his comment about the Proud Boys standing by and stuff, we're sort of an aggressive, sort of uh, far right, you know, racist group. You know, when 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 Trump was asked about addressing what racism in America and sort of what stuff's happened, he doesn't take responsibility. Like he he kind of fosters it, not by saying I am racist, but 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 every. You know, when you're the leader of a country like the United States, your actions and your inactions speak volumes. You know, people are paying attention to him. Right. And and if say we 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 give him the 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 let's say he has an approach, call it an approach, which is to pretend like nothing's happening. You know, and just just keep on his going. It's like 
it's a very, in my opinion, a very immoral approach because you're basically saying, well, fuck everyone who's going to die from this, from this virus, you know? Yeah. He's shown very little leadership in how, in how to, like, like, granted, if you want to give him, give him a bone, it's a huge country, it's on the scale of the, the European Union, and those are many different countries, you know? We have local governments within every state to be able to sort of make you up your own minds, and then also you have the federal government. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's, leadership is, is very important in the situation where the economy in every country is going to be suffering from the effects of this global pandemic. You know, he's simply not leading, you know? Right. He's just not leading. Like, he, like his approach is to, to do whatever, you know, his, his Republican advisors tell him to do and decide what he thinks makes him look good or mm. things that kind of sound okay, but he's not, he's not an informed individual. Like, we can't pretend to think that he's, he's, you know, sitting up late at night and, like, trying to figure out what's the best way for, you know, like, his voter base or whatever. It's like, he's, he's taken, you know, like, sure, I don't know 100%, but if you look at all his actions, he's very reactionary. Right, okay. Um, he's trying, he's just trying to win his election right now. And I, I, like, I would be very surprised if he actually has the kind of plan that most other politicians who go into an office, or, you know, like, you're always going to have opposition. Yeah. You know, for instance, the Democrats will, Democrats will always push back. Because that's the nature of American politics, right? That's the nature of politics in general. Yeah. But, um, but like he's not, he's not the. We can't look at him as the same kind of leader as we do anyone else because he's not playing by those rules. He's not playing by any rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Sure. And and he's he's just a very selfish man. You know, he by, by virtue of his his comments even in the first few months of the pandemic, saying we've got this under control. Like he's he's willfully thrown out mm, lies mm, when asked a question mm. that's not an individual who has a plan or has the the good of the collective country at heart yeah he he's he's he points at every democratic individual whenever he mentions a democratic individual as them as other not as an uh, not as an american citizen who he also has a responsibility to lead like they don't count for him right fair and and you know for for good or for bad a president of the country is the president for all his, all their citizens, you know? So, uh, like, that's... Four more years of Trump will only actually increase the schism, mm. I think, mm. of, you know, in America. And, you know, you see, you see these people around who go, well, civil war's coming and all that, and it's yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, maybe, but, you know, I, I hope not. But at the same time, it's it's... What does that even look like now? Do you know what I mean? Like that again, we're we're so connected over the internet and over phones and everything. It's 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 yeah. It's I just don't know what happens after next week. You know. So uh, so and when is it next week? Mid yeah, midweek. Yeah, November third is the, the, November the, the 3rd, yeah. So. So well, it'll be November third in America, which will be November fourth for us because okay. we're, we're so, yeah, essentially yeah. a day yeah. ahead. Yeah. Wow. Scary times. Well, not necessarily scary well, times. I, mean, I shouldn't say it like that. The thing is, though, it, do you know what? We've, we've always had these sort of... Uh, and, and, you know, like, everyone talks about how 2020 is, like, the worst year. And probably in our experience, like, you know, sort of a lot of us, this is certainly the mo most momentous, and, and a lot of bad things have happened. Um, and, you know, and I, and I absolutely don't want to take away from everything that's happened this year, because, I, like, I'm very very fortunate to be here like I feel it like I'm, I'm always telling her how grateful I am to be here mm. um, 
and then we've got jobs, you know, like, yeah. like... You made it through the two weeks of isolation. Yeah, did, yeah. You've got an awesome house here in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. no, like, holy shit, like, I can't, I can't even... I'm very grateful. And there's, I, there's always been bad things going on in the world and human beings treating each other terribly. And I feel like um, we're probably overwhelmed by all of what's happening now because we can see it all happening everywhere right all at once yeah you know yeah by dints by virtue of our devices yeah. you know like we have a the, we have a window tiny window that we carry around in our in our butt pockets all the time letting us know about all the bad things that are happening in the world and that's really like that's cranked up to 11 right now and there's a lot of good things happening as well less so maybe but you know like we're well, people would argue that there's just as much good going on, but you don't re see it because exactly. it's not report worthy because it's not yeah. clickbait enough. The thing, it, it, there's the clickbait stuff, and 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 actually, like you know, because I, I go to websites like The Guardian and, and stuff, and like BBC is a little more neutral, but like you know, I just I don't. It's very I don't just a lot of people just read the art, the headline, and they absorb the news information from the headline, mm. and sure. you know, I find even sort of like you know. I'll say this because I'm I'm quite left, but even left-wing reporting is very sensational, and very few people people really take the time to read the articles and stuff. Um, you know, but I I think there's an urgency in a lot of media because Trump Trump has essentially uh, weaponized his administration against journalists, um, and what are humans going to do if they are made an enemy? They're going to push back. You know, so if if Trump doesn't allow a reporter who is isn't kind to him in in their reporting, well, they're 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 still going to report the news, um, but like human beings, you know, mm -hmm. like we're not we're not robots, mm -hmm. you know. Journalists have a responsibility to bring news to people to its readers, and if you don't, and right now because there's so much. That can like I feel like as human beings and as governments and countries like we we that you know they have to make a lot of decisions especially like in Europe for instance with the second wave of the pandemic sort of increasing a lot needs to happen to protect as many people as possible because they're like but there are people who are going to get the virus and they're going to be okay but there are people who are not you know and it's about protecting sort of the collective you know within different countries and you know and you know discriminate people in America if Trump if Trump wins again who protects them who who could because no one's no one will then have an incentive to reform you know the police for instance and how they sort of you know inherently is the police I don't know that the police is necessarily bad but you know it's it's bad when you 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 presented with a misuse of power and you don't do something about that yeah you're you, you don't protect the people you're actually protecting you know you're you're looking for for villains in the community when they can be victims just like we're saying about you know, yeah, you know yeah, your, yeah. your sort of your frameworks and we raise yeah. and stuff you know so if people like trump continue to stay in power then there's no one with levels of actual power there to try and and make reform reform systems to be able to to make life better for people and that's, I think, why reporting, for instance, feels also implied because they feel like, well, this is what we can do. Yeah. Let's try and get the message out as, as, as much as possible because it's important, you know? This is probably one of the most important times in my adult life in terms of, you know, what, what can a vote be worth? 
how much does it weigh, you know? I think it's really important to be able to vote. Like, like as, human, as individuals, there's actually very little that we can do on a global scale but vote, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I do, I do think that there's some pretty irresponsible reporting, obviously on the right, I think on the left as well. Like, I go to CNN occasionally, and it's just quite funny how they're just, there's not even, like, a veneer of, like, no, we, 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 we fucking hate Trump. <laughs> they're going for it. Um, and it's quite funny to see. But, uh, you know, you just, uh, this is where it's, like, I think it's, it's, it's hard, but, like, you have yeah. to be able to just read all of it and go, yeah. how do I feel about this, you yeah. know? You know, and, and it's okay to feel what you feel, I feel, as long as, like, you know, for instance, if someone's conservative, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, to hold it against them as long as what what is it about it about that sort of conservative vote that they're chasing do you know and how important is it against other things do you know what i mean mm, like mm. are you othering someone then and like are you, are you are you shutting them out are you saying they don't deserve this because they believe in that or they're this skin color or, mm, or you know mm. like they're from this country like if that's the vote if that's why that you believe this then then I don't think they're a very human being, and you know that's that's at the core of it. Is how do you treat other people around you, and how do your actions treat people around you? you know, so that, I think that's sort of where I, think, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah, treat others how you want to be treated, or think about how you're treating others yeah. around you. Yeah. Oh, I got heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh, these delicious fresh long whites. Yeah. Sure, sure and 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 yet at the conversation went in the complete opposite direction. I, I had no Can intention for it because I've never heard these guys before. Like, long white. Shout out to long white. Well, actually, I have to. I have to. Uh, so Doug, yeah, who works uh, up in Auckland and he's the senior brand manager. Oh, yeah. um, is that is that top, he's top guy or is he is he old? What's the what's what's the senior brand manager? Um, I think he's just, so the, this is just one of the, w one of the, um, beverages in his portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember a, a while back, he and I had a conversation. The recording was bad on my part because it was just, it was really, really loud. It was at Fidel's. Um, but he was so kind. He was like, well, um, I could always, you know, help sponsor the, the podcast with a beverage, which yeah, I thought yeah. would be super cool. <laughs> um, so this isn't sponsored by Doug or Long White, but... Who knows? We are really enjoying the beverage. Either way, thank you very much, Doug. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm positive most people have tried Long White by now. The okay. flavors are awesome. Uh, it's just such a popular drink. Yeah, it's but refreshing. Yeah. Like summer's coming, and and uh, you know this is gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna and yet we had such a deep, uh, such a, <laughs> such a, <laughs> a dark conversation about Trump and. Oh, I mean, uh, like you know, getting American, you got you know, sort of opinion right about like yeah, what's yeah. going on right yeah. now, I guess you know. No, good. Um, like really good insights. I've actually not like. Yeah, I don't consider myself like an activist in the in the sense of like you know like although I did, I, yeah I remember when the EU referendum happened I was in Scotland actually I did go oh, to a few yeah, marches yeah. actually but yeah. um, you know I, yeah I think it's just, yeah let's just try to find spaces where you're able to sort of you know this is the world we live in you know mm -hmm. like you know we you can I mean people can and do kind of go about the day and ignore as best they can what's going on but you know I, th I just think I find this happens more with, with a lot of people around me around my similar age where it's like you get to a certain age and you just start caring about the stuff more yeah you know I must admit I, I live in a little bit of an ignorance is blessed so I, ha I have for a while I've kind of 
I, I've kind of made a conscious effort to get back into um, trying to be as wide read as I can. And But part of the reason was I just felt like every time I jumped onto news outlets to read that, yeah, it was, it was you know... Um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it's like salacious and, and there's so many of the... Um, it's factually incorrect yeah, um, yeah. and under-researched and not objective. Mm-hmm. So definitely easily biased. Um, and... And I also, but I also noticed that people would read an article and talk about it, and so they would read that article and they would walk away thinking, and and understandably so, that because it's coming from a media outlet, that it's the authority, yeah. that it's correct, and and there's so much out there that's that's incorrect, mm. um, and I just and I felt it was almost kind of like social media, like an article would come out and I feel like stuff was an example. I shouldn't, shouldn't talk negatively about anyone, but people, (laughs) well, that's the thing. People would read it all the time, but I felt like stuff knew that they could post a headline, speed to market, get that headline up straight away. People would read it. People would talk about it. And then if they needed to kind of say, oh, actually there was a correction here, or actually this didn't happen, no one would care. They've, or, they've already made a decision yeah. that they're going to believe the first thing they saw. And I just felt like it was constantly what everyone was about. Oh, did you read that article? Did you hear about this? Did you hear it? It was all on stuff. And I would just be like, no, I don't, I, I don't jump on there. I, I yeah. think it's, um, I, I just didn't like it. But as a result, I felt like I was missing out on a lot of information, a yeah. lot of current, current events and, and things that I thought were important to at least know about. So I have, you know, tried to read, but if I read something and I think it seems a little bit untrue, I'll like try and find other articles from different media outlets on the same topic and read and get different perspectives and different facts and then try and kind of form a perspective on it. But it it takes a lot of time. To be honest with you, like, you know, so, so I've been back in New Zealand since uh, end of June, you know, so obviously, you know, this for anyone listening, I've just come back from living in London for two years. And, uh, you know, we, we stayed in managed isolation in Rotorua, and then we, we drove down from Rotorua down to Wellington after we, we went through two weeks. And, you know, we had a look around, and, you know, it's just so weird to have come from London and then got here and, like, life was normal, you know. And it's like, and, and I'm sure there are people who are well aware of just how bad it is out there. Yeah. But it was also like, man, like, it just felt like it never, like, the pandemic never touched this place. And it's it's that thing, and it's like, man, like, it's really crazy that, like, it's lucky that people don't have to deal with that the way that it is elsewhere. Yeah. But, like, you know, when you're living in a place like London, like, you just, I mean, I guess you sort of can avoid the news, but not really. Like, there's just so much going on politically, like, and especially with Brexit happening where they're right now. Yeah, and, sure. And, and there's no way you could bury your head in the sand no. and not know what's going on here. yeah and it's like it's like i it, it's just a different climate over there you know and and you know like like i'm new zealand's i mean they've got good leadership you know like you know say say what you will about labor if you don't if you're a national person or whatever or if you don't quite like just for whatever reason like you know the leadership in this country has enabled people to live their lives pretty normally and that's a good thing because other places in the world right now man like yeah. yeah, and I tell you what, what Jacinda said recently actually jumped into my head when you were talking about Trump, you know, about like, it's 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 about what's good for him, from what you were saying, what's good for him, what's good for the Republicans and so on. Where I, I, whereas it, it felt, it gave me the warm feels, you know, to hear Jacinda say that, you know, we're a government um, 
that intends to represent every New Zealander. Um, and part of the part of what they're doing, even though they have a majority, is they are forming that coalition agreement with the Greens to say, even though we don't need to, yeah. we we want to, and we do kind of need to because we're committed to representing everyone. So it's important that we have different perspectives. Yeah. Um, whether or not the coalition agreement, you know, you know was great. Like I, I haven't, like I'm not an expert on that, but I just thought that was nice. It's res- it's a responsible thing to do. And again, it's going back to what we were talking about with Trump and, and sort of the voter base, for instance, you know, people who've lost their jobs and economies that are hurt in America, you know, anyone who works in the fossil fuel industry, for instance, right? And it's like, there'll be people here in New Zealand as well who are looking at the Greens and going like, you know, their policies are going to affect my life, my, my life, life, you know, yeah, yeah, my but, living. Yeah. but ultimately, like work by the government here needs to be done to under to, to basically prepare people for the world that needs to come if we're going to survive, you know, like, you know, 100 years, 200 years from now, it's like, you know, we, we need to change our, our energy um, usages and, and, you know, labor's, you know, labor's got their own policies, but green seems to be focused on, on that. And there needs to be more discussion as to how, how the country can develop and pivot in that way, mm, you know, mm. like, sure, you know, a farm has been around for a couple hundred years or whatever. And, and, you know, families done it this way. And, uh, imports and exports are an important part of the global economy, but it's just it's just more about like kind of going well. Okay, if I were to cut down on meat, maybe during the week or even just a couple of days, you know, if we, just, if we just didn't eat that much meat, yeah, you know, every week, that actually makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it the, does. So. The demand if we're if we're not so aggressively intent on consuming or or having it our. Um, you know, the click of a button, everything we want and more, and often consuming or purchasing more than we need. Because consumption, you know, affects demand. Yeah, instance, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they talked about it. I think uh, there was another documentary on Netflix ages ago okay. that basically talked about that, that, there, you know, the increase in livestock, for example, purely on the basis that people just order so much meat Mm -hmm. and you'll have like like using america as as the example that i think they used so many places that have that have steakhouses with gigantic steaks that people will only ever get through maybe a quarter of Mm -hmm. and that's it so three quarters of that steak wasted and that's how many people on a given day 365 days of the year you know it's just and, and that's just one restaurant and the the people are greedy mm we are greedy we we often want way more than we actually need and the negative consequences are the ones that we don't see directly they're the indirect ones they're the yeah, yeah. things that we, we we don't understand the long-term effects that you know our individual decisions based on greed or or mm. want or lust or anything like kind of have um i guess we're all like that yeah yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, cons- yeah. Very lucky. Very lucky to you've you've reminded me or you've made me f- feel lucky to be in New Zealand at this time at least. Country. It'd be awesome if we didn't have another massive surge of COVID. I, oh, I mean, any, like, honestly, anything like, could happen. We could be in lockdown for ages. You know what I mean? But to, to for now, honest, yeah, yeah. As, as soon as, as soon as people 
start coming in from other parts of the world, we're going to get it again. Like, like, so it's like, I think the system that they've established is good. I think the country is well-equipped enough to keep tracing the way they have. Like, COVID tracing app yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, I use it wherever I can. Um, I won't be surprised if we go into another sort of version of lockdown again mm, before mm. the end of the year, to be honest with oh, you. Okay. Right. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, you know, that's just a thing that happens occasionally. You know, like, you know, even... They've got something like when we went to Managed Isolation, like our our place, we went to Rotorua, um, and it didn't really work very well. So it was pretty, it was a slightly shit experience, and that we couldn't oh, watch that, Netflix or uh, anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> do you know what? Like, you and know, didn't people break out to try and like get go on an alcohol run? No, not in our hotel. Oh, not in yours. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> overall, everyone was really, really kind and very sort of um, as informative as it could be, oh, and yeah. you know, but. You know, this virus is pretty contagious. So, like, you know, I think occasionally there might be... I think there's still chances of it mm. leaking out occasionally. But, I, you know, I think I think this country's done pretty well. Mm. And, you know, if if we do have to go into another lockdown, then I feel, like, pretty confident this country's pretty well equipped for it. You know, they'll get it sorted again. Yeah. Yeah, so... I tell you what, if we were... I'm very jealous of where you, of where you live. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I could I could imagine you just sitting in this room, <laughs> reading, writing, doing work, yeah, working yeah. from home with this kind of beautiful hidden that's, hidden garden. That's so nice. It's I mean, beautiful. Like, we got so lucky. Like we we were we were in a lockdown in London when obviously the thing broke out and much smaller flat and we were and we were in the bottom of a, a sort of a three-story flat and so we could hear everyone walking around and stuff oh, and obviously yeah. everyone's home and yeah, yeah and we were both working from home then as well and you know but we had we had a tiny little garden space in the back of the flat which is uh i'd say maybe rare in london you know not everyone right, gets yeah. that so okay we just felt really fortunate like well, i mean you know we we had you know we had each other with you know laura and i so that's you know unfortunately like we were going to try and visit Laura's family in Scotland before coming back down um but you know we're going to take about three or four weeks off before everything happened but so I think it's the hard part is that the sacrifices is like we don't get to see yeah true. our loved ones yeah. you know I saw my family in Mexico back um was a year ago now September and it's like I don't know when we get to see them again right we don't know we're going to get to see Laura's family again that's that's the hard part you know and, and if there's anything it's like I feel a bit like you know slightly envious of like every Kiwi here who has family that they can sort of get to chill with and stuff sure, and that's yeah, quite that's yeah. a beautiful thing and, and yeah. so I, you know just checking with, with my folks and, and all that and just see how they're doing you know occasionally but you know I'll worry, I'll worry about them you know like Mexico doesn't really have it under control and you know my dad's also in, doing Uber driving in LA as well and that's oh, right. well, yeah, okay. so it's, it's all a bit like yeah, so I, I you know I worry about them but you know yeah, I bet. yeah. all you can do is check in on them and see how they're doing you know yeah yeah. How do you check in with them? Just Phone, FaceTime? WhatsApp. Yeah. WhatsApp, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Well, you've got family here, mate. We're all we're all your family. Yeah, I feel really lucky to be here. I was really, you yeah. know. It's good to have you back, too. Um, yeah. 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 Um, okay, well, this has been a great conversation. I, um, I yeah, good things to talk about, important things. Oh, I mean, um, it's just nice to chat, you know? Yeah. Nice to drink a long way. Yeah, that. thanks, Doug. <laughs> thanks, creators of Long Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Thanks, mate. No worries. Appreciate thanks. it.